hasn't the wallet turned free? Lose Hamilton win. Max Verstappen falling short again. This year's Bayern Grand Prix sounds a lot like last year's, but the reality was much different. I'm joined once again in the Final Corner podcast by Tom, the editor at Traction.gg. Tom, do you enjoy the opening race of the season? Oh, good evening. Nice to speak to you again, Colin. Yes, it was gripping. I loved it. And uh, your intro game is strong these days. Getting better. That's almost professional again. Got music, intros, proper podcast now. Yeah, I'm not taking credit for that music. I very skillfully downloaded that. And, oh, uh, did you? And I made some tweaks. I looked it. I changed the audio. I mean, I'm almost a professional. Oh, that's good. Almost. Yeah. But you weren't on guitar. God, no. Not a chance. <laughs> I owned a guitar for about 15 years and learned how to go down the the, the, the arm part. <laughs> That's of all it. you need, right? Yeah, the arm part, whatever you call the bit where the other fingers go. Uh, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, don't know. Either. Fender? No, that's a brand. I don't know, whatever. Yeah, Fender's a brand. Yeah, not a clue. Anyway, we'll yeah. stick, stick to Formula 1, which we almost know about. Um, opening race of the season. Um, turns out that the pre-race hype about Max Verstappen and Red Bull's pace was true. It yeah. seems like that the reg changes have closed up the field, swapped order at the front, uh, at least on outright pace, uh, and just brought everything a bit closer. Seems that way, doesn't it? I often think that, oh, maybe it's track-specific, but all the pre-season hype about Red Bull was correct so far, which is nice, you know, it's something different. I was wrong in that I thought, here we go, Mercedes is going to press the magic button. Oh, it hasn't quite happened in pre-practice. Well, it's going to happen in qualifying. Oh, it's not quite happened in Q1. Ah, here we go. Q3, this is it. Oh, hang on a minute. Half a second. Well, it was nearly half a second Max got foot pulled by. Yeah, it was a massive margin. with quotes or claims of some downforce loss from hitting the curbs early in the session, right? You never know if that's true, but... Yeah, I've got my doubts over that one. It it did quote the curbs and uh, scrape his four, but uh, it it didn't look like he lost any pace. Let's put it that way. Um, yeah, I was a bit shocked Dominant. at how big a difference the ten percent downforce was and the slightly harder tyres made. I mean, Mercedes yeah. were o- over two seconds slower than the pole time last year. Um, wow! And, I didn't realise that. And I think Verstappen was about one point two slower, so it's been right. a massive change from what on paper looks like a very mm. minor loss, but it's it's really having a big effect. But those stats you read out there highlight the relative update of Red Bull is ginormous. Yeah. Like, if they're closer and they've lost less time, well, I mean, fair play, well done. In a car that looks basically identical, I can't tell <laughs> yeah. if it's different or not. But supposedly the rear suspension is completely different. Mm. I, I, I can't say I look at that too too much in detail, no. to be honest. Um, no. But we're not technical. N- well, I'm I'm an engineer. Although you're an engineer, I'm an engineer. Just nothing to do with this, unfortunately. Uh, if you want someone to pick a radiator for you, that's me. But cars, ah, okay. not me. Um, it, well, you can probably guess what you said to Varver Staffing took a pretty dominant pole. Yeah. Uh, Bottas pretty slow. Leclerc pulled out a major time. Yeah. Uh, that was D4. impressive. So there was, there was quite clearly early on that. A lot of teams have made gains with this mm. change, uh, and it yep. really seems to hurt the Mercedes teams the worst. Um, with the exception of McLaren, who still look yep. quick, who have seem to found a little design detail at the rear diffuser to gain some of the downforce the, loss. The non-double diffuser. Yeah, 
which doesn't seem like it's going to really be challenged. I think everyone's just kind of said they're going to copy it rather than protest right. it. Yep. Um, but Aston Martin were probably the other big team that lost mm. out in this qualifying and with this reg change and yep. Otmar kicked up a fuss at every opportunity he had. No matter what the question, this was yep. a complaint. Even uh, in the mid-race, obviously we'll talk about the race later, but he was on the phone to Sky, wasn't he? Yeah. Well, well, yeah, he wasn't really talking about the race or the strategy at one point. He was just going, but these rules, man, <laughs> they've really affected the high-rake cars. So I guess rake is where the rear of the car is higher than the front of the car, and that helps with turning and yeah, I suppose so, some aerodynamic benefit to that as well. Yeah, so it was the low-rate cars which have been hot worse than Mercedes. Oh, sorry, I did I say high-rate cars? Um, and the high-rate, which is really Red Bull. And Red Bull, I, yeah. I'm, I'm not actually sure of Ferraris, because to, to be honest, it was Red Bull who was always noticeable that the back end was You so can actually high. see it on the truck, yeah. can't you? The other yeah. ones, to be honest, I haven't looked. And uh, they weren't, they certainly weren't as visible as the Alpha Tower yeah. and Red Bull. Yeah. For me, the rake... High rate, I did say low rake earlier, or whatever. But the high rake setup that Red Bull and Alpha Tauri run reminds me of in the early noughties. This is really sad now. In the WRC, <laughs> it always goes back to rallying with me. The Subaru cars always run this really high rake, and they got really, really bad. I always look at Red Bull and go, oh, well, give us. That's almost like a seen. I thought it was seen as like a cheap trick to try and get less understeer. Mm-hmm. That's what I always thought. Red Bull clearly has designed the whole car around it as opposed to having a difficult car and then going, ooh, let's try and do this to engineer out some understeer. So, anyway, Adrian Newey's clearly a genius. Yeah, and it seems, well, last season they really struggled with the rear end, but neither yeah. neither driver really reported that, so they've clearly made a gain. Mm. Do you think yeah. that the regs were brought in just to hamper Mercedes and the Mercedes cars? Because that is the claim mm. from both, I think, Lewis Hamilton, Total Wheel, Faulkner. Yeah. Uh, to me, that's just what happens in Formula One. If you get in front, yeah. there's going to be a reg change, and it's probably going to hurt yeah. you the most if you're the one in front. Yeah, I was uh, weirdly writing about an old Lotus Formula One car. Uh, God, I'm going to forget the number. Is it 69 or 79? 79, I think, which introduced the um, uh, skirts, which created ground effect. Mm, yeah. And obviously did well for a year, and then the regs changed, right? No, you can't really do that. And so, similar to what you're saying there, maybe Mercedes had this low-rate philosophy that was very good. Obviously, we know that previously Racing Point and now Aston Martin sort of copied that all, got some expertise <laughs> from Mercedes, shall we say. And so, yeah, I get, it does seem like now, in hindsight, that this has really affected them and it seems like it's been brought in to change that. But you don't know if the rules, they were maybe, you know, the context behind that, they were maybe thinking it will affect everybody just to slow them down or just to make things different. Yeah. And in the end, it's hurt Mercedes, right? Yeah. I think part of the reason the FIA are given that is for safety, to, to slow the cars down. Right. Um, but to me, it's just like, get on with it. Aston Martin. Like, yeah. Uh, Otmar apparently was complaining actually to the stewards during the weekend as well. But they're not going to reverse right. the rules. They're not going to suddenly say, you can revert back to your old Ford design. No. Get on with it and design around it. Uh, Mer- You're going to have to work it. Yeah, Mercedes are trying to move to a high-rate car now, so Aston Martin really? to do the same. Well, Aston Martin will do it like three months after Mercedes, <laughs> I'm sure, when they've, when they've got their tracing paper out. Yeah, when they've got sighted some CAD drawings that they can just copy and paste from. Yeah, oh, hang on a minute, where have these files appeared from? <laughs> I know. <laughs> so it's like a new car design for us, fantastic. 
It, rem- it reminds me a bit of um, a little bit. And again, I've not researched this before, and so feel f- anyone who's listening, feel free to shoot me down. But in the early noughties, there was a cheating scandal between McLaren and Ferrari. Where was it McLaren had some Ferrari information or vice versa? And Pedro De La Rosa was involved in the middle. It was like a Spygate scenario. Yeah, it was McLaren. It's not, had, not as cool as that. Yeah, but. McLaren had stolen some information. And yeah. Alonso and De La Rosa, I think, were involved in getting that. Yeah. Alonso was acquitted, wasn't he? But I yeah. think De La Rosa was... There was something in there, wasn't there? And Yeah. Oh, man, we're talking about it without the full memory of it. Well, but. yeah. Well, McLaren got disqualified for that year's championship. They did. And they got a $100 million fine. So yeah. the blame is really on one direction there. That they definitely stole information. I'd uh, forgotten about the disqualification. That's probably more painful than the fine, right? Yeah. Not being in the constructors' points. I think they would have won the title that year. The first title since 98, Oh, I think. right. So, wow. Yeah, it was a big hit for them. Mm. Especially to start from last to next season's championship. And you think the budget yeah, cap now is, what, $120 million? Yeah. And they lost $100 million in one day. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, that was a big one. Yeah. Imagine how big an impact that would have had. Even back then, the budget's going to be massive. Yeah, yeah. Plus, you're just for inflation and all that. It's crazy. Yeah. So, on to qualifying. Um, Q1, the big story was Sebastian Vettel and Espen Ocon going out um, because yeah. of a certain new Russian driver making a complete mess of everything. Uh, Nikita Mazabin having probably the worst F1 debut in history. Uh, Ooh, that's a strong claim. But I'm ha- I can't think of an example to to better it yeah. in terms of worse, other than not being able to qualify. It's up there. Yeah, I'm trying to think of anyone that maybe crashed in the formation lap or something. <laughs> but Mazabin really struggled with the Reedy's car all weekend, spun several yep. times, and then spun into turn one after he overtook the queue of cars waiting to go into the final corner. So he flew past a bunch of cars waiting yeah. to the lap and then spun and ruined everyone's lap. So uh, double yellows were out, or was it just one yellow at that point? I believe it was double yellows because Vettel mm. received a penalty for not slowing down and abandoning his lap. Yeah. Um, now, for me, that was at the end of Q1, so clearly the yellow flags... Also, um, science had a was it science had a technical drama as well. Yeah. So on the lap, there was actually t- almost two yellow flag zones for some cars, mm. right? At the, right at the death of Q one, mm. and then it popped up on the screen. Right, they're going to investigate the yellow flag scenario after the session, mm. and that really annoys me because what if someone who um, gets through to Q two actually set a lap under yellow flags? Mm. I would rather they delayed the session a bit, but they've obviously got TV schedules to fit through, and it's not straightforward. Anyway, it turns out the driver who did it was already knocked out anyway, so yeah. Vettel just starts last. But it, I think it happened last year to Magnussen where some drivers actually got through un- set a fast time under yellow flags, but he's knocked out the session, so he couldn't improve. Mm. That's what I was a bit worried about. But in the end, it was just Seb who did scupped his lap ben- anyway. Yeah, I mean, t- t- from a sporting perspective, I totally agree. Um, this thing, it should be settled before Q2 starts. Yeah, because it could. It, so. it's not just... Couldn't just be a difference of a couple of places. It could be someone qualifying yeah. fourth or eighteenth. It's yeah. uh, it's a big, it's a big difference that it could make. And um, totally agree. I don't think there's, as you say, there's too many pressures for them to change it. But no, but that just highlighted the the there needs to be a procedure improvement there for me. Yeah. Um, I don't know. If but of course, they don't want to dish out penalties or not until they've got all the facts. But still. Yeah, I mean, surely they just need the onboard footage to tell him it right. Yeah. 
and well, that's all they need for. It's all good food and toilet paper. It was a yellow flag, and you went quicker. That should be reasonably quick to sort out. Yeah, you should have access to that information in real time. Mm. Yeah, don't know if they do, um, but they should. No, but they should exactly. Q one. The other big surprise was uh, Yuki Tsunoda putting it Frank Ford. In Q1, <laughs> just out of nowhere, pulled out a mega lap. Yeah. Um, unfortunately, in Q2, he went about six times slower, so unqualified <laughs> P13. And then the other surprise in Q2 was Sergio Perez. Yeah. Making a mess of it and uh, ended up qualifying P11. So he was on the med- he was putting the medium tyres twice in that session, I think. Yeah. Certainly was on them at the end. And I guess the mistake was maybe he just didn't have the raw qualifying speed to get through he obviously didn't maybe on the softs he would have made it through and then then he could have stuck it on top four or five but he's never been the strongest of qualifiers but it's only one round in so it's unfair to say that yeah but there's just a strategy mess up there i think yeah i mean instant reaction and certainly the instant reaction from the sky f1 commentators was see the second car in red bull always struggles which <laughs> i think is it's a bit it's a bit early to say that yeah. You can't say that that the qualifying of round one. No, I mean, you know, that, that is unfair in my opinion. There was three tens between Verstappen and Perez in Q two. So it was mm. clearly tight to get it through into the top ten. Um yep. and it was just as we say, probably should have just went in the softs and made it through for the first one. If you put three tenths between them in Q three, that's Perez on P two. Yeah. Exactly. So it's not it's not a Red Bull car two thing, it's a medium tyre, save the soft thing that was misjudged, I think. Yeah, I agree. Uh, there was there was someone said that he had some traffic on the lap, but I didn't see that. On, well, that didn't might have see happened that as well, yeah. The TV feed, yeah. So. But anyway, t- terrible start for Perez. Um, Q3. Yep. Um, Verstappen takes pole, and then Leclerc P4, Gasly P5 were probably the two most impressive for me, mm. and then you had the two McLarens who look reasonably yeah. strong. Yep. Uh, but that Alpha Terry car looks epic. I'd love to drive that. It looks so <laughs> easy to drive. Is it the white wheels as well? Yes, I love that. <laughs> yeah, they're nice, aren't they? Uh, very 80s retro sort of style. Yeah, Alpha Tauri, amazing. Uh, Gasly's lap was incredible, I thought. We'll get onto it later, but that was a shame what happened to him in the race. So I would really, really hope to see Gasly do something like that in the next race. Um, and, and, and it and seems like the car it. is possible. Sorry? And not been it. And not been it, yeah. yeah. And Sonoda, you know, he's going to get up to speed. He seems like a raw talent. So we'll just hope that over time he can get into Q3 next time as well. Uh, the big surprise, bigger surprise for me than Gasly in P5 was Leclerc in P4. And my opinion of that is that obviously we know that there's some been upgrades to the Ferrari engine this year and the car. <clears throat> I think Haas is far off the back because of the fact that they've basically not upgraded their car uh, properly and will not be doing upgrades to it. So it's like written off this year. Plus two you rookies. Can see, plus two rookies. Yeah, good point. But you can see in Alpha and Ferrari, they've made a step forward. Mm. Definite. Yeah. And that's got to be engine related, I think. You know, it's many things, but that's got to be a huge thing. And based on qualifying, to me, it feels like they've got like a special uh, engine mode. Because I think, as we'll cover later in the race, they're not as quick. But but also, Charles could have put in the uh, just a stunning one, one lap, which I'm sure he did. But yeah, to me, it's like the Ferrari's turned up a week in qualifying, but maybe the McLaren doesn't have the one lap pace, but it's got the race stint pace. 
I mean, Leclerc's lap was under a tenth away from Bottas's, which shows you how much closer Ferrari are this year, but also you could say how much worse Bottas is than his teammate. (laughs) Uh, He he never looked settled all weekend. He never looked too happy. I think in P2, FP2, he said that his car was undrivable. Um, Right. So it's cool or not... And Nikita Mazepin said that as well, so he's not in good company there. <laughs> no, absolutely not. <laughs> Talking about Mazepin, then we'll get on to the race. Uh, oh, yeah. Mazepin made it all of three corners and uh, went into the opposite wall from Grosjean. Oh. Uh, he went into the Kimi Raikkonen side. Um, coming out of turn three, put the foot down, coming off the curb, and yep. away you go, into the wall. It was a bit... A bit embarrassing, really, wasn't it? Yeah, it was a bit. It was a bit like, ah, okay. All you need to do here is just finish this race. Yeah, but it also seems that that car is spiky in his defence. Well, Mick Schumacher a couple of laps later did the exact same thing coming out of turn four, yep. I believe. Yep. Um, so whether there's an issue with the way they're distributing the power, um, or it's just it could be an itchy. Both both drivers have an itchy right foot. Um, yeah, they've got to get used to what a thousand horsepower and turbo and an electric hybrid assist. It's not going to be easy, you know. The F one games make it easy. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And even then, medium. I struggle with those. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Try to control medium exactly. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, Mick Schumacher did the same thing. So it made me feel a little bit for Mazapan, Mazapin even. Sorry, but the oh man, but it was two corners, three corners in. Yeah. And you've got the slowest car on the grid by far. So you didn't need to be. He was sort of alongside. He was trying to make up positions, I guess. Racing. He was. Was he alongside his teammate for a bit? So he took a bit of a shallow line out of the corner, mm-hmm. but then squeezed on the power too early. And man, the, she snaps. These Pirelli tires, when you sort of try and catch the slide, they love finding grip and then spitting you out the other way. I think. And he was just off Kimi Raikkonen style. But Kimi didn't do it in the race, and that's a lesson. Yeah, Kimi didn't do it this year. Um... I did notice on the Grosjean side uh, they have put a tyre barrier there or a tech pro barrier. Oh, I didn't notice. Yeah, so they have put a bit of padding there just have in they? case. Um, <laughs> but yeah, but it, just, it was going to happen that a Haas was going to go off somewhere around there. It's just mm. it's just sod law. Um, uh, Mazepin will be interesting anyway for the year ahead. For good or bad. Yeah. Uh, he certainly didn't press in his debut but it's a de- No, I didn't. It's a debut race, debut season, and the worst car on the grid. Yep. Uh, I think we can probably say that now. The Williams are probably even ahead of them now. Um, yes, Williams are definitely ahead in my opinion. It's a clear Haas, uh, sort of Haas and Williams and Alpha were in a, a group together last season. Now Alpha's ahead of both of them, and Williams is ahead of Haas in my opinion. Yeah, so it's going to be a painful season for both those guys. Very much. Yeah. Um, they're just going to have to sit and take it, really. And try and make the best of yep. it. If they know that though, there's less pressure for them to perform in their debut years in some ways. Yeah, I mean, I don't know what the points prize... would be a bonus, right? Yeah, I don't as know... opposed to an expectation. So I don't know what the prize money difference is between last and second last, but if neither of them score points, Haas might finish ahead if they finish like P11 in a race. Yeah, is that how is that how it works? Yeah, yeah, that's true. It goes it goes on a finishing position even without points. Reminds me of uh, Caterham and Marussia and yeah. uh, oh man, what was the uh, Spanish F one team that I forgot the name of? HRT. HRT, yeah, those guys. Yeah, mm-hmm. it kind of reminds me a little bit of that. Although that's a bit harsh on Williams, I think, because I think they've got potential to do some points this year. Yeah, they, de- they definitely look quick. I mean, um, 
George Russell made it in Q2. Uh, yep. Not sure if it was a perfectly yellow flag, but even then, he had a couple of moments in the race where he looked mm. reasonable racy. Uh, he had a fight with Raikkonen later on. Yep. Um, I was expecting a bigger step from Williams, but I'm assuming that they're also suffering from the Mercedes they change might of philosophy. Be, yeah. So any gain that know. they would have made, they've probably lost it again at mm. the back end. It's a bit of there was a there was a bit like three quarters through the race where Russell was in the points, and I was thinking, oh, <laughs> has he made all his pit stops? But he hadn't. No. He hadn't. No. But he was there or thereabouts. That's the main thing, right? Yep. Um, Do you want to talk about Perez at the well, start? Probably, yeah, I was going to say I probably missed it, the biggest story at the start, which was right. Sergio Perez not making it round the formation lap. Man, I was thinking he's knocked out of Q2 and then this is a bad start, isn't it? Yeah, shocking start. I'm surprised he got it going again. So the car just seemed to die like halfway around the lap. Uh, he made it towards the last corner on the back straight and pulled over. And I think he was about to jump out uh, before someone told him mm. to push a button. But <laughs> suddenly fired it back into life uh, with no real issues. Which was Very strange. lucky to get that going. It was like uh, your laptop webcam. All you have to do is turn it, your computer off and back on again. Yeah. So he had his Windows update or his Mac OS update and then he was off again, wasn't he? But then he'd uh, got a load of rubbish on the tyres by pulling off the track. And it looked like he was driving on 50 pence pieces at one point, trying to get back to the to the pits. And so in the end, I think after the race started, I think he about pitted under the safety car immediately after that. Yeah, I think it's up to a the Mazepin put, crash. He put in another set of yeah. the mediums. Might have been the mediums. mediums yeah. put on again. And I was thinking, oh, hang on about. Bahrain and Perez has had an issue on the first lap and he's boxed early. He's going to win it. I know. Uh, I was, Spoiler alert, he didn't. He didn't. He didn't. <laughs> to be fair, he had a great race, I thought. He was really quick. Excellent. Um, yep. If he hadn't have made that early pit stop, I, I do wonder, like, if he had, didn't have to do it, I wonder how much yeah. harder he would have got. Because he got to P5, uh, it was only six seconds behind Norris at that point. Mm. It would have been interesting to see if he could have got to fourth without that extra stop. The very encouraging thing there for me is, well, not, well, it's a question to you, actually. Do you think if Albon or Gasly were in that position when they were both driving Red Bulls, they would have made back to P5. I suppose we'll never know, but... Albon in 2020 and the start... No, Albon in 2019 and the start of 2020, yes. Right. Um, Albon... Mental, mental games. Albon, the remainder of 2020 season, no. Because his confidence has seemed to die. Yeah. Although he had a good a barrier last year, I think he qualified fourth and finished third. That's true. Um, but... By that point, he wasn't making the big, massive recovery drives that he was mm-hmm. doing uh, when he first got the Red Bull seat. So when he first did that spa race, yeah, put the softs on, bosh, yeah, that you're right, that, that disappeared, didn't it? Bit of an unfair question, that anyway. It's one race, and I think it's a good sign for Perez that he was able fingers to, crossed to catch up. Um, and he just, if he had got through to Q three, I think he'd easily been fourth, fifth. Um, and that's all you need to be for Red Bull. Yep. Because once again, as we'll discuss in the race, though, they were sort of missing that strategic element you can get with the second car. And also, if they want to ever fight for the manufacturer's title, which, or team's title, which I actually don't think they ever do. I don't think Red Bull cares about it so much. As long as they're in the top three and they get their money, they're funded, they're well funded, and they're all about the whole team around Max, aren't they? So they think it's a team that's going for the driver's title. 
But having the second car up there gives you strategic options, perhaps, in certain races, which Mercedes played. Yeah, I mean, to be honest, publicity-wise, no one really cares about the constructors' title. Uh, no, they never do. But it's, it's always it's always the drivers that get the focus. So if they can make Max the champion, then I think they would. If they if they gave them the option of Max being champion or them being constructors' championships, or they would choose a driver. Uh, I think so, but I think Mercedes and. When car manufacturers want the team's title, mm. even though people only care about the driver's title, mm, yeah, you know, in any other sport, they're all about oh the constructors, oh the team's title. Yeah. Anyway, I digress. Yeah, I suppose it's validation for the overall team rather than focus on a driver. Yeah. But mm-hmm. well, we'll talk about the Mercedes strategy now then. Yeah. Uh, go for it. They went quite aggressive. It looked like one point they were going for a free stop strategy. Only went for a yep. two. They pitied Hamilton early to try and force. Verstappen and coming in, uh, which he didn't. Surprising. Yep, Red Bull didn't respond to that first uh, Hamilton pit stop. It looked like he would have come out behind Hamilton because Hamilton was a couple of seconds quicker on his outlap than Verstappen. But Red Bull opted to stay long, um, Mm. which put them behind Hamilton on track and would have put them behind Bottas um, on a slightly in between hung out to dry strategy that he was on um, but Bottas had I think an 8 second source pit stop so about yeah, 10 and a half had seconds near the, one of the front tyres yeah um, so when Perez not Perez sorry Verstappen pitted his second time he came out about 15 seconds something behind Hamilton no it was about 8 seconds behind Hamilton sorry uh, and about 7 seconds ahead of Bottas so uh, if Bottas they had got a pit stop, right, he would have been Verstappen would have been third, and it looked like a mistake yeah. from Red Bull to not bring him in immediately. What was your thoughts? Absolutely crazy from Red Bull, in my opinion. Yeah, hindsight's a wonderful thing, and I'm not an F1 strategist, nor do I have all the computing power they've got access to, and the predictors, and all this, and the software. But you're watching it, thinking, "Oh, right." So they're extent after Hamilton did his first stop early to get the undercut, then when Red so I think if Red Bull reacted the next lap and changed, they stay ahead on track. That was my opinion. Because mm. even though he's got one lap of undercut, Max still had a gap. Mm. So you could just squeak out. I suppose they're probably thinking, ah, but the forces onto this strategy. It could be three stop. It could, you know, oh, do we want to do that? And then Bottas might get as if he does one stop or something like this. Mm. So they extend it. And I do see some logic in that because then you think, well, we either then follow Mercedes all race or we try and lead the race and do our own thing that was a mistake in the end because you had Bottas uh, sorry you had Max coming out losing track positions crucial in Formula 1 because it's not the easiest spot to overtake okay it is with DRS but you know it's always a bit tricky and then going back to what I was saying about Red Bull wanting a second car up there if Bottas's stop as you said had gone well that would have ruined Max's race completely. Completely, because Bottas has the job then of just driving half a tenth uh, off here and another bit slow around this corner mm. and then being slow around the hairpins but quick on the straights. And that gives Hamilton all the breathing room we could could get. So I thought Mercedes out-strategized Red Bull. They made a pit stop error, but the actual process was genius, in my opinion. What do you think? Yeah, I agree. I mean, it looked like in the middle stint that Red Bull had actually made the right decision because Hamilton 
really struggled in his first set of yep. hearts. I think he only managed 11 or 12 laps on him, and it just looked like they'd made a hour. Mm. But once he got in the final set of hearts, it just seemed to come to him, and he was able to yeah. make them last. And it was, he was driving about four or five, ten, slower than Verstappen, but he was still managing it well, and he still had the grip. Um, yep. But yeah, it, it seemed it seemed odd for Red Bull to pick a fight with Mercedes' yeah. strategy when they've only got one car up there. That's a good way of saying it. Because it's Max was unnecessary. Yeah, Max was quicker on track. The reality mm-hmm. is that if he could come out even a, a second ahead of Hamilton or even a second behind at that point in the race, he would have got past. Yeah. Um, by the time he got up to Hamilton. He has his tires have done about ten laps, yeah. Um, so he wasn't benefiting from fresh rubber, and he couldn't utilize his outright yep. pace. Mm-hmm. So just a blunder from from my perspective from Red Bull. I suppose we can talk about what happened uh, soon at the end of the race, but we can, you know, I don't know if you want to leave it for for a bit for the final point to discuss. Uh, but just bears repeating as well. Actually, I want to give Bottas a little shout out because. At least he was quick enough to be in that zone that if the pit stop had gone well, he was in play, right? Yeah. Nah, no. Um, <laughs> That's the sound of someone not agreeing. Well, the, the only thing is that Bottas never seemed to get the car under control all weekend. He always seemed to be struggling. Um, and he was getting hurry-ups from his engineer and he, he couldn't respond. Um, yeah, that's fair. I think he had comfortable enough pace to be third and to play a spoiler for Verstappen. Mm-hmm. Uh, if, if the strategy had went well and he did get fastest lap at the end with a new set of mediums on I was going to say that, pitted at the end but he's he's not even been talked about in the title fight but by any of the press um, no. which I think tells you tells you enough about what I'd like to see though is Hamilton and Max, if they have if they're fighting on track and they have instance mm. you know, Bottas could be there to get the win right yeah, I mean <laughs> His engineer said that during the race is like the guys up front are fighting. You just that's do, true. Do you just sit here nice and pretty, and this could come to you? That could be the approach all year. If you finish third in every race, apart from when they crash each other off for two of them, and you get the win, yeah, you're in contention, aren't you, with the so many races to go? Absolutely, twenty two races to go. Um, he's only two points behind Verstappen, despite us talking about how great Verstappen was and how average Bottas yeah. is. He's only two points behind after one race. That, that bonus point. He could get the bonus point every race yeah. because the top two teams are so far ahead of everybody. Although, if that's why, again, why Perez needs to be up there. Yeah. Because if Perez is around, you can't, you're can't. going to lose a position if you do that. Yeah, you can't play about as much when you've got a yeah. two-car two challenge up there. Mm. Um, elsewhere Should we talk in, about some other teams? Yeah, elsewhere in the race. I mean, Alpha Terry, Gasly... Uh, had a good start. He was fighting with Ricardo, yeah. and then lost his front wing. Uh, Disaster coming through turn six or seven. Yeah, really, really clumsy. Uh, it Very just, clumsy. Just didn't read that Ricardo was slowing for the right hander and ran straight in the back of him. And it was close, unfortunately. Yeah, you know, nearly missed him. Um, the the really sad thing about that was he was on the medium tires and everyone around him was on the softs. Mm. So all he needs to do is try and be patient, even lose positions in the early going, and then gain that back later on. There was a period, maybe six laps in, where it was clear that the soft tyre drivers were starting to slow down. So, oh well, again, another hindsight scenario, but sitting pretty in that position, lose some positions and don't fight so much, 
and try and get them back six laps later when their tyres have gone off or when they pit early and you've got a few laps left to, you know, get some clean air. Yeah, he could have quite easily been in the fight around fifth place, yep. sixth place for the rest of and the And it would have been good. It would have been good. Um, on that first lap, we had a great battle between the two McLaren drivers who were side yep. by side for about half a lap before the safety car came out, uh, with Norris just getting out in front of Ricardo. Uh, They're both going for it, clearly. Yeah. And Norris got the upper hand on his more experienced teammate and disappeared for the rest of the race. Yeah. Um, the McLaren have found some damage on the, the back end of Ricardo after the the right. Gasly incident, which, I, to be honest, when I saw it live, I thought it was just front wing contact with tyre. Um, mm. But the the end of the front wing or a bit of debris must have hit, hit the, rear, Maybe. the rear end plate. And could just be PR. It could be PR, yeah, to explain why he was slow. I, I, I don't mind that he's slow because he's new to it. Yeah. He's new to the team and stuff. You've got to give him half a year. Took him a while to bed in at Renault. Yeah, Ray didn't see the best of him for till the next season, actually. No, he was not happy the first season at Renault. He never got hang of the brakes, which seemed to have an issue. And it seemed to be like McLaren are really coaching him on the brakes this yeah. time uh, to try and get over that problem. Because obviously that was his strength at Red Bull. Yeah, just yeah he's on. known for it. And it mm-hmm. uh, seems like you can't do that in any other car. <laughs> in the midfield battle, you can't do that. No. Uh, there was a great midfield battle between Aston Martins, Alpines and Alfa Tauris during the race. Yep. Shinoda had some great overtakes, one on uh, Alonso, which was highlighted a lot, come from miles behind. Um, didn't lock up either. Didn't lock up. Nice, nice and clean. He's, yeah. He looks a very, very smooth driver. Yeah, it looks like there's no yeah. real drama in the car with what he's doing. Yeah, which is uh, great. Um how do I put this? Normally, with the you know, if I'm keep thinking about Nakajima and Kobayashi and Sato, and historically the Japanese ladder to Formula One seems to produce drivers that really go for it, <laughs> but can be really edgy and a bit um, mental. Yeah, yeah, a bit mental. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Kobayashi just throwing it around in the corners <laughs> and hoping people I get mean, away. Love it. I love it. Love it. I want more of that. Yeah. But Sonoda seems to have the. Edge to overtake, but so far without the the craziness, like without going hundred and twenty percent. Yeah, uh, that that move on a two time world champion is an excellent example of that. Mm. Aston and Alpine in the midfield, though, neither of those cars looked very good to drive. Uh, Alonso was struggling during the mm. race. Retired build. as well. He did. I think it was a sandwich wrapper got in his brake duct, uh, which overheated the rears. Oh really? Yeah, which is terrible luck. But it just looks like there's he it looks like he's struggling a lot with understeer on the way in. Right. And then the rear getting away from him on the exit and yeah, not a good balance. No. And then the Astons are kind of similar. They seem to be struggling just to get the car turned. Before the season started, there was a lot of hype. Maybe we created that hype, I don't know of oh, it's gonna be crazy in the midfield, you know. Yeah. Everybody's in there. Actually it's more spread out in many ways for me in that I think Ferrari and McLaren are in their own little thing. Mm. Then you've got potentially Alpha Tari if Gasly's on form up there as well, right? So yeah. really you've got Aston and Alpine fighting with potentially Alpha joining them. Yeah, it, Alpha's not far spread away. Out. No, Alpha's not far away. Um so I mean I didn't both Alphas finish ahead of Ocon? But then mm-hmm. Ocon had his incident with Vettel. Don't know if you want to touch upon that. Oh, what a mess. What <laughs> a mess. 
So I, I think it was Ocon overtaking Vettel. Ocon takes the racing line down the straight. So it was on the left hand <laughs> side of the track going into the braking yeah. zone. And for the well in the braking zone, and for some yeah. mad reason I can't figure out, Vettel <laughs> decides to like turn his car and drift over behind him. Yeah, he goes diagonally to the left. Yeah. And he says that he's trying to go for the outside line, but they're like at the 50 metre <laughs> breaking board. I don't understand what he's trying to do. Why does he change the line, he said on the radio. And I was thinking, well, you were the only person that changed the line. <laughs> I mean, Ocon turned into the corner, which is what you're supposed to do at some point. Yeah, yeah. It, it's just, it's, it's similar to his one with Verstappen at Silverstone, but I think this is worse. Because with the one with Verstappen, oh, yeah. it looked like he was actually cutting to the inside and it looked like there might have been space for Verstappen cut the door. This yeah. one, Ocon is literally going dead straight, <laughs> and Vettel just runs into the back of him from nowhere. It reminded me a little bit as well. Last season was it at Nurburgring? Mm. It was. It was not quite the same scenario, but he spun off trying to avoid someone in the braking zone, didn't he? And then yeah. carried on. And I was like, "Ooh, what? do you know? Maybe it's this whole thing where, where he was really successful in Red Bull. He was so and Ferrari as well. You know, he's fighting only against like one other car, or especially in the Red Bull seasons, he was like out in front." He did really well when he got pulled and then he just dominated, right? Mm. Yeah. And now or maybe we're seeing that, oh, if you're in like 15th, yeah, there's an element of, oh, I'm not fighting for the win in his brain. And also, oh, there's all these other cars around. How do I handle dirty air and how do I anticipate when they're going to break early and stuff like this? It just seems to be... Yeah, that's what worries me is the real lack of judgment. Yeah. Um, Because why, why would you decide in that moment to pull in behind Ocon? Doesn't make any sense to me. I'll tell you what he needs to do, a bit of sim racing. It does. <laughs> if he'd been on Gran Turismo with us during yeah. the weeks... Uh, would, Every Monday night, Seb, you're welcome. Yeah, you're welcome to join him. In all seriousness, though, that there's a big debate about sim racing, if it's real or does it, you know, is it comparable to real life. Ultimately, you're never going to get the, the heat and the smells and the claustrophobia and the movement and the vibrations and the f- fully the forces through all of your body. But... Not only do you learn the tracks, if you're playing online against good people of a similar skill level to you, you learn racecraft. Going around the outside, diving down the inside of stuff. Mm. So that's my recommendation, Seb. <laughs> get on The Sims, get on the video games, play some online. Yeah. You'll be right. It's, it's, a, it's a bad look for a four-time world champion to be making those mistakes. It's just embarrassing, isn't it? Again, yeah. it's only one race, but there was last season as well, you see. Yeah. Uh, it's been a few seasons of mm. of pretty poor uh, judgment, which, like, I, I hope say but Aston Martin works out. I hope he's successful. Yep. I just think he's showing signs of not quite being at the top level as he was when he was twenty four at Red Bull. I think I couldn't agree more. And I think the interesting thing is I could be wrong here, but it's not been revealed how long this contract is. No, I, I'm wondering if it's a year plus options. Well, it's a multi year agreement. Yes, so that could be one year plus two years, two and three, if you're good. Exactly. That's it's... still a multi-year agreement, I think. Yeah, I mean, the it would be strange if it was a straight two-year deal to not say it was a two-year deal. Right. The fact yeah. it was only said as a multi-year agreement says, we want you, but we're maybe not 100% sure. And it may be from yeah. Seb's side as well, that yeah. if yeah, you true. guys yeah. are rubbish next year... I'm off. Uh, there's no point in me sitting about. Yeah. Because just... yeah, I think that's true as well. And and an element of the deal is clearly for me the marketing of uh, mm. saying they've got a four-time world champion in an Aston Martin when they're trying to rebuild that car company. 
Uh, I don't know if you've seen, but he's doing all these sort of social media and promotional clips for the road cars. I think one was just went up this last week in the DBX. So it's very clearly part of the decision mm-hmm. is, okay, we'll get him in the race car and he might be really good. And yeah. He's a four-time world champion. Maybe we, we can te- teach Stroll some lessons. But also we'll make use of this name for at least a year yeah. to promote the cars. But that's been being very cynical. I think I've seen you, it when you watch the yeah. when you watch when you've seen that Dacia Forty Four meme video of the <laughs> season launches right yeah and there's a bit where it's Daniel Craig and he's going four time world champion and Lawrence and Lance Stroll <laughs> <laughs> yeah you know, they hype it up don't they yeah so. they do I mean I'm sure I've seen it on TV one adverts where it looks like he's driving, oh really it looks like he's driving through Glencoe and the Ah, uh, I've only it, seen it on the internet. I've not seen it on TV. Uh, yes, I think it's it, the, it's like the big SUV one. Which yeah, the DBX. Is that the yeah. DBX? Um, that's just not right for me. And that's the Martin SUV. That's <laughs> just wrong. Well, but, here's the thing: you've got to go where the money goes. Absolutely. And so, if loads of people buy that, it means they can make the sports cars. You know, when Porsche first made the KN, I was like, "Oh my god, that's the worst <laughs> thing in the world!" Not realizing that that means that they can still make the 911 or the Cayman. Mm. So that's how it works. Yeah. I don't like it, but I understand. No. I remember when they made, was it the 177 or something? That little stupid smart car that, or the Toyota IQ. Oh, the Signet. Signet, that's what it was. Yeah, I've seen one of those. A couple of those, actually, still in London. They oh, for it. That, is, that was that was bad. No, they were that like 35 just, grand. Yeah, that wasn't uh, like an SUV to get funding for the other cars. That was just the worst decision they've ever made. It was for emissions <laughs> regulations, wasn't it? To It was something like that. To but balance I don't think any of those range. regulations even came came out in at that time. It was just weird. I mean, they literally take to, took a finished Toyota, trimmed it in leather, and said, so Sterling Moss, here you go, £45,000, and he bought it. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. It's... Oh, man, we should talk about the race, sorry. No, no, you no, you no. mentioned road cars here, and I went off on one. No, no, no. Um... To be honest, if I never hear the word brand in F1 again, I'll be quite happy because all these car companies talking about how important it is for their brand just oh. makes me ill. It's like, it is weird how this year, though, we've got like two, obviously Renault was still there, but two new sort of sports car, road car brands, mm. I said it, mm-hmm. on the Formula 1 grid because most of the manufacturers sort of pulled out of motorsport, really, or, mm. or withdrawing, though there's fewer and fewer. So that's maybe... Formula One is its own echo chamber because it is so huge around the globe in every market. And mm-hmm. So you're still going to attract that. You do wonder how how it impacts on these companies where they're yeah. at the back, like Alfa Romeo. Does it really help your, your company image? Um, I don't, sure but the marketing sure team have got a graph somewhere that says it does. <laughs> That's very true. <laughs> They've got their surveys yeah. that done... say, look, six people more have heard of Alfa Romeo because we did Formula One last year. Absolutely. Oh yeah, oh yeah. <laughs> anyway, I, I, I just want to mention before I move on, uh, back to Vettel again. There was a point in the race where he was battling Alonso, but he hadn't pitted at that point, mm. and Alonso kind of had, and that was all a big shambles for me. Yeah, I think it was two drivers there, not not at the ultimate racecraft edge, but because uh, was it Sainz got past both of them in that process? They were uh, all like yep. fighting, and Sainz just snuck past in one move. Yeah, he got past and it was like, Ah, <laughs> yeah, that's how you do it. There's a there's a bit of rust there from Alonso, and then there's uh, I don't yeah. know what there is for Vettel. New well, car. Vettel was fighting, and at that point, but he slowed himself down because mm. he's off strategy. Their strategy. So if he's defending for positions there, I think he re-overtook Alonso twice. Yeah, he got past Alonso in turn four. That, he, that he could have just stayed behind. That would have made his race quicker. Then he might not have been behind Ocon when that happened. See, or fighting at that point. 
that's a valid criticism for race strategy and craft but for me watching on tv there's nothing I know, I more than guys is pulling over because they're on a different strategy True. i hate it it's... if he'd have done that we'd all have gone oh he's lost it now he's not <laughs> yeah. even fighting yeah, so for, you're totally Fair right. Point. You're totally right Fair from point. a race point of view. From a viewer, I, I liked that you weren't just having people pull over. I, I hate that so much. Good, and there was nothing else going on in that part of the race, was there? So no, there was just there was some good midfield battles. They were all kind of involved in Alonso a whole lot of them. To be honest, he was in the mix mm. for his first race. Uh, yeah, straight back in. Also had to retire with a rear brake issue, which is a shame. Yep, but, zero points, nil point for nil point. Alpine, which if they've got dreams of. P3 in the championship is going to be difficult. I think that's... Yeah, we can think we can rule that out after one race. Already, Ferrari and McLaren battle, isn't it? Yeah, Ferrari and McLaren. And whether... It's really whether Aston Martin can get back on top of the car as well. Because they look so far off what... So weird. McLaren can do in the race. I think in qualifying yep. pacing, probably match over one lap. Mm. Uh, but over the race, this one race anyway, doesn't look good for them. No, and... Again, we forget about Gasly, don't we? That's, yes. That's a spanner in the works. Mm. And if Push them further down. If Shinoda, if Shinoda had done a good speed. Q2 lap, he'd have been right next to Gasly as well. And he's a rookie, so he's he can he's got all the time in the world to get there. He can be midpoint of the season before he's up to speed and it's still no problem. Yeah. And there probably isn't going to be the pressure on Alpha Tauri drivers this year to be ready for a You'd, Red Bull seat at any point. You, nah, you wouldn't think so. So it may, it may calm them down a little bit. Hmm. Interesting. Yeah, I think I think you're right. I think Aston's gonna have a tough season, but it's not irreplaceable or irreparable even. No. Let's hope they actually get some speed because then it'll make things even more exciting. Yeah. The probably the big story of the race then was as we spoke <gasps> about earlier, Verstappen coming out eighty seconds behind Hamilton, catching up. Yeah. And then overtaking Hamilton through turn four, and then. Having to give it back because he went off the track on the turn four exit. We could have done a podcast just about this, right? Yeah, uh, I think you and I have different thoughts on track limits. So, oh, uh, do we? Well, so, you go first. What's your opinion? What's your opinion? To be quite honest, I don't mind a little bit of relaxation in track limits as long as it's not mad. Uh, right. Like you see in IndyCar, where if they're on track, they just ignore it basically. Huh. There was a NASCAR race earlier this year where they were like driving in the pit lane. And there was like no, pit, there was no uh, track limits at all. I'll find the clip and send you afterwards. Oh, it's mental. I, I don't like that. I, I don't mind no, I don't like that. a little bit of relaxation on them. I don't want guys getting penalised for running a bit late. Um, but I think overtaking off the track, which this was. And actually, I think a couple of the early overtakes in the midfield might have been off as well. But they got passed over. Ah. This one, if you overtake on outside the track lines, I think that's a slam dunk. But I think general race-wise, I don't really have an issue with guys taking a little bit extra. Well, unfortunately, I think we actually do agree. Ah. So that's quite boring. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, no, right, okay. So, first of all, in the whole shenanigans, it's easy to forget that Hamilton locked, off, locked, up, locked up and went off at one point. Yep. And quite a rare 10. mistake. It was a bit like, ooh, Hamilton's got some challenges for, for for the race victory, and this is what happens. Mm-hmm. You know, he's got to get back into it. He's got to be razor sharp this year. Um, then there's, for me, it was the the inconsistency on how those track limits were applied. So, in qualifying, you couldn't have four wheels over there, mm. but in the race you could. Yes. Then 
Red Bull not realizing that. So that's that's strategy error number two, by the way, in my opinion. Yeah, yeah. First is the pit stops. Second is not reading and understanding the grey area of the track limit rules. No, because Leclerc said after the race he was fully aware he could use the exit yeah. turn four. Yep. So so Red Bull didn't know that, and that was a big error. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's no point crying about that because you've you, you've actually messed up twice there for your driver. Yep. Uh, or whether it's a driver that I, d- I doubt it's a driver that reads the rules, but you never no. know, do you? Um, so Hamilton, there's a clip. I don't know if you've seen it. It's circulated on social yeah. media without context. Mm-hmm. That's what's wound me up a bit because it's yeah. like he's gone over here thirty times. Yeah, but he was allowed to. He was, yeah. And so with other drivers, you just didn't see those other drivers on the on the clip, on the edit. No, I, I think I think most drivers were using it. Lots of doing point. it. Yeah, yeah. The, so then there's a radio call from Red Bull to say, oh, Max, everyone else is doing it. Do you want to jump in? <laughs> so he starts doing it. Yeah. The problem I have with the way that... It, it's not a real problem, but then he, Hamilton got warned by the race yep. director right. for using it. But yep. when you watch Hamilton's onboard, he was really using it. He was properly taking the Yeah, but, but... But if you do that after lap two, yeah, tell him. If, if you set the standard before the race... And if you've not enforced it for half the race, yeah. and then all of a sudden decide, mm, we're going to do this now. Now, uh, Michael Massey's come out consistent. since and been quoted as saying that they didn't change it halfway through. Mm. But they did. Yeah. You can't, like, you can't just say that didn't happen when it did. <laughs> no. And uh, I don't know about you, but Michael Massey made some weird calls in the past year. I mean, the one, the one I'm thinking of is Turkey starting qualifying session while they're still. Recovery vehicles on track. Oh yeah, that was a bit weird. So I mean, it's a bit of a weird decision, and that that inconsistency of halfway through the race, we're going to tell Hamilton to stop. No, that was it. Was just uncalled for. Like, yeah, I'm going to sound like a Hamilton apologist or uh, a British person supporting a British driver, but I'm really not. You, you, how can you? How can every driver be doing it apart from Red Bull? Then when Red Bull starts doing it, you say you can't do that now. Yeah, that's just bananas to me so yeah obviously then Hamilton rightfully blows up on the radio he's clearly been briefed and, and knows he's like well there isn't a rule here so how are they saying it yeah so this says change his line and that probably would have been glossed over and forgotten about had the, <laughs> the race overtake for the win not happened yeah do you do you agree with Verstappen not to get the place back I agree with it but I thought it was it was if you watch just the race I don't think there was an onboard replay of Verstappen when he did that move. Or if there was, I didn't see it. I think there was after the race, but there wasn't during the race. It was post-race. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Now, if they played that during the race, I think a lot more people would have understood. Because he's coming past Hamilton on the outside of Turn 4. And in the middle of that, he gets a massive bout of oversteer. It looks like, to me, he's going to make the corner just fine. Yeah. And then it it goes away he has the oversteer. And then the oversteer is off. He's four wheels off track. Now, to me, that actually says, then, that's driver error. Hmm. Because you've gone in too quick. For that you've misjudged how quick or how ungrippy it is on the outside. You've got a bout of oversteer. It's a fair play for catching it, but you you're overspeeding on the corner. So it's a driver error to go off four wheels off the track. It's not like it, what I'm trying to say is he wasn't forced there. No, no. Some he wasn't of the forced there. Was that he went Hamilton too quick and him. ended up over there. Yeah. Some of the arguments been that Hamilton forced him out, but it, I don't no, think he I did. He was far enough ahead. Where that Hamilton's was line issue. was yeah. Hamilton line was hard and but fair. Yeah, and it was actually that Max got his own bounce of oversteer, right? Yeah, I mean, Landon Norris in the race showed you can overtake an outside 
there and keep it within the track limits. He That's true. It. That's I'm, true. I'm sure some of the other midfield ones, at least, with, <laughs> at least with the TV camera, it looked like the other driver went off. Again, not seen on boards of them you all. You need the on board. Yeah, and you I need think the on board. from the race. But it looked like some of the other overtakes, or at least attempted overtakes, were close to being off or off. Yeah. Uh, but this one, you're, you're not going to get away with a high profile race deciding overtake like that. If you're if you're thirty second in the British touring car race, maybe. Yeah. But it's got a race win in a Formula One race when there hasn't been a battle for a race win for three years. Exactly. Or whatever. Yeah. Four years or whatever. You're not so, getting away with it. <laughs> extra pressure on you there. So then he's told to reverse reverse the position. Mm-hmm. And it's I think it's the fourth time we've said hindsight is a wonderful thing, right? But do you think he did it in the right way? Uh yeah. I don't, I, I don't actually think there's an issue with where he let him pass. I think that letting him pass... So he, let, he lets him pass and exit turn 10, which is his second... Mm. Well, probably the third straight. The second, yeah. the third DRS zone. He lets Hamilton pass there. And then follows him through the fast left, right hand, or on the back straight. I just don't think there's an issue with letting him pass there. I think the issue was he was following Hamilton too close into, the, into that tricky mm. right hander, which is slightly right. off camber and everything. He followed him too close and got a Lost to rear end because of the yep. weight of the car in front. I don't actually think it's an issue with the first part. Is Good point. If, he had, if he had held back and just fall down one down the straight, got DRS down the start straight, he'd been fine. Uh, I think it's actually the second mis- issue that's a mistake. I don't think the position's right. a mistake. Too close. Ah, uh, okay. So we do disagree on that because I, I was I was going to say something like he just stays ahead until the straight lets him back on the front main straight and then goes again. But I think you're actually right in hindsight. It's the fact that. He was too good at letting him by in that he was then right on him mm-hmm. around the tricky part of the course. Yeah. And that gave him the gap. And then also Hamilton just had an extra... He found an extra 1%, I think, yeah. in the final two laps. Yeah, Hamilton... Verstappen uh, lost his tyres for a couple of laps after that, which mm. those Pirellis, if you slide, they're just gone. Yeah. Um, and he but, slid twice in that manoeuvre there, one in the overtake and one in the... Le- getting, a, getting in his dirty air, so that yeah. can't help. I'm being... I wonder if he would have been penalised if he had let him pass in the start straight. Uh, I don't know. Yeah, just a fair point as well, yeah. Because I'm, I'm just thinking, I'm thinking back to, remember Spa, 2007 or 8? 2008, I think, with uh, Hamilton and Raikkonen. Oh, I remember getting really aggrieved about that because Hamilton got a penalty and I didn't think it was fair. But I can't remember what happened. So I think it was in the final chicane, Hamilton went off yeah. the track. Got ahead of Raikkonen, slowed down on the straight, yeah. let him pass, and then overtook him at turn one. Right. And he, and got, they, a oh, for that. he got a penalty. I was like, yeah, come on, he's done the move. I would have actually done that. But Yeah, I would have done is that. It, but is it because he didn't. He went back too soon? Yeah. He didn't let him back properly. So the rule in there was that he shouldn't attack him at turn one and he should have let him go. So I'm just wondering if Verstappen had let him go in, in the start straight. I'm not being for Stappen if he let him go in the back straight, he got the DRS over and taken it to turn one, would have been fine. Mm. But if he had done it all in the one straight, I think it'd be. I think trouble. that's a fair point. Yeah, good idea, good, good, good point. I agree with that. That's fair. Yeah, because of that spar incident. The the other. That's why I'm not a Formula One driver. Well, it's one of the many reasons. <laughs> yeah. the, the the other thing about this is uh, for Stappen was saying the team really wanted the team just to let him go, and he'll take the five second penalty. Yeah. I don't think he would have got a five-second penalty. I think the race stewards would have hammered him for ignoring that instruction. I think it, that radio clip was also like edited short because after that, Horner comes on or someone yeah. and says, oh, we were told by race direction you've got to do it yeah. or, or whatever, the stewards. So so the, 
and Max didn't have that context when he made that first comment on the radio, right? No. Um... So, ah, so they were quick to message uh, Red Bull. We did a few corners about that, but very slow for the yellow flags in Q1. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> to, to, to be honest, with the time between I'm doing the move and letting them pass, could have only been what ten seconds. I know, right? Fifteen seconds. So it was very a, quick. It was a quick call from Michael Massey to go put that back. It just. I'm wondering if the uh, the call didn't come and that was Horner's excuse. Maybe <laughs> it's, it did feel awfully quick because um, normally those calls come like a lap later. Uh, yeah, that was really quick. Uh, one thing, again, to pick up what you've reminded me about, talk about the redress. Is that obviously we know British Touring Car introduced that rule a couple of years ago where if you give someone a punt, you can let them back. Hmm. And that's what Max ended up doing. You were talking about oh, um, how often, how soon after the incident you've got to do. It's well worth YouTubing the Bathurst 1000 of 2016. <laughs> There's a, after like, it's like a six hour race, and after hour, like four hours. Five hours and a half. Uh, there's a there's a pass for the lead, which is a bit bun- bundled. Mm. And so then the driver wink up tries to redress immediately, and then it ends up concertining everybody together. The, the top three cars are basically taken out of the race after <laughs> with only like half an hour left. It's the most amazing thing I've ever seen when I was watching a race. Uh, so I guess Max didn't do that. So yeah, could have been. It could have been worse. It's definitely a missed opportunity for Red Bull, though. They dominate every session, yeah. apart from the race where they, I think, just not having the two drivers there. Killed not them. the two drivers there, so hopefully Perez will come up and and do well. But it's also, there's no guarantee that the next race they're actually going to be good. We all think they will be, right? Mm, yeah. But what if yes. it's track dependent? What if Mercedes has founded something in the setup to mm. get around the scenarios? What if at some point the Mercedes brings an upgrade that's a game changer? You've got to bag all those points when you can. You know when it's like when there's a dominant driver like Schumacher or Hamilton in recent years and you think, mm. oh, well, let, let someone else win. It's because there's no guarantee that the next race will be good. and Or, even if you've got a dominant car, there's no guarantee that next year's car will be good. Yeah. So you've got to get those wins in your life because you've only got that one chance. Absolutely. And that's what Red Bull missed up at. Should play that uh, speech in all the driver briefings just to pump the <laughs> film. It's a bit Eminem, wasn't it? That yeah. You've only got one shot. <laughs> uh, wow, I don't know where that came from. That was a bit impassioned. It was. Have you ever felt that one? It just hit me the other week. That, you know, oh, when the car driver's in a dominant car, why? What's the motivation to keep going? It's because you never know if that opportunity comes again. Yeah, I mean. That's a, you made an interesting point about next year's car. I yeah. wonder with this fight next this year, and because both Red Bull and Mercedes are going to have to pile the mm-hmm. resources into this year, I wonder if it's going to hurt what they were planning for next year. Because are I'm you assuming, saying that Haas will be world champions next year? I am saying that Haas, <laughs> by ignoring this year and ignoring last year, will be world champions. Um, but I just wonder how much. It's a fair point. If they're going to have a cut-off point in the season where they just yeah, say. Yeah we're going to have to stop this, or they're going to have to pay all the resources into this year. If it's halfway through the year and it's touch and go, they've got to push for this year, right? Yeah. I, I mean, I don't see Red Bull backing off. So if Mercedes want that eighth title, mm. they're going to have to put all their eggs in this basket. Although we all know Mercedes already, has already finished next year's car. Yeah, we do not. <laughs> <laughs> they're on 2024. Yeah, they've done it already. Um, but cool. I, I, I actually really enjoyed this race. 
Um, yes. I thought it was a great start. Uh, Norris came on in fourth once he kind of got up into fourth past Leclerc. Superb result. Yep. It was pretty smooth sailing for him. It's Friday then, <laughs> Saturday, Sunday. What have you have you seen that they've turned that meme into like a remix of the original song now? No, have they? Yeah, it's in the uh, charts, I think. Oh, but I sound like someone that's really old. It's yeah. in the charts. Yeah, yeah. It starts with the meme, like, oh, what day is it? Friday, and then it mixes into like the dance song, and they've got like a new female vocalist on it, and yeah, brilliant. I'm gonna have to find that now. I it's haven't bad. listened it's to bad. the charts since about 2007. So. Yeah, I don't think anyone does, actually. I don't know why I said that. Yeah. It's, it's, they all just listen to the Justin Bieber album at the minute, apparently. Oh, God, he's still playing. Yeah, he's got a new album, and I think, like, in the Spotify streaming charts, every song is in the top 50 or something. Ah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's... that's Yeah, but no, we're not going into this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I was going to make a point there about the UK <laughs> top 40, but I'm not, I'm not going to get into that. <laughs> Uh, Post-race summary, let's go uh, for that. Yeah, <laughs> Sticking the F1. Uh, Leclerc in P6, I thought it was a good result for Ferrari, with signs yep. P8. They fa- um, faded in the race there in comparison to qualifying, but yeah. Science, difficult race. Had contact with Stroll, didn't he? I forgot. Maybe some body parts went flying near oh, the start of the race. Yeah, mm-hmm. he took an overtake into oh, where Max Verstappen pulled over Hamilton into that tight left-hander. Mm. It was side-by-side with Stroll and they had uh, contact really it was I think it was amongst the where Gazi lost his wing and the focus was on that mm, right but they came together and bits went flying off both cars so you never know what that damage is but at the end of the race I think Sainz was only like six seconds behind Leclerc so I know he was like a couple of positions behind yeah it was in terms of time good race pace from Sainz so he didn't yeah. get it in qualifying but the race pace was there no and he said himself he's been cautious he was yeah. cautious at the start and everyone he just wanted to get the miles under his mm. belt which Nikita Mazovin, that's what you need to do <laughs> when you're in a new car. Just get the miles under your belt. Yeah. And to be fair, I, I think um, I think that's a great fit for Ferrari, having those two guys in there. Wow, it's like a different team though, isn't it? It's like it reminds me of the McLaren Bromance from last year a bit. Yeah. It's, it's just suddenly Carlos Sainz lifts the spirit. Yeah, he's <laughs> clearly got an aura around him. Yeah, he makes a team like cool. Yeah, yeah. So I've never really been a huge Ferrari fan. But I like Carlos Sainz, so this year I'm following them. Yeah. Uh, Shinoda, P9. I spoke about yep. him. Stroll, no P10. Meh. Yeah. Giovinazzi, P12, Raikkonen, P11. Um, Had a chance of points, but was yeah. squandered. To be honest, I'm pretty... I was reasonably impressed with Alfa Romeo. And, yep. and testing, and this weekend, they've clearly took a step. In testing, it looked positive, but there was a theory that, oh, well, they're running with a thimble full of fuel. Mm, yeah. But it's clear that actually that, that step forward is kind of genuine. Mm-hmm. So, more power to them. Reichen and Podium could be on. <laughs> we can live and hope. Uh, if Russell, Gaza can win a race, the thing can happen. <laughs> I was watching that again the other day, and I felt so sorry for Kimi Reichen, because I think he was running like P2 at the restart. Right up there. He was on the uh, yeah, and he was just slow <laughs> to end up finishing, yeah. finishing like P12 in the end. It yeah. just went backwards. I felt so sorry for him. Oh, dear. Uh, Russell, 14th. Good result for him. Uh, yeah. Latifi was a DNF. I don't actually know what happened to him. Oh, yes. I was going to say that him and Gasly were DNFs, right? So clearly Gasly was that damage from earlier on. Yeah, actually, I do know what happened with Latifi. Um all weekend, uh, Williams were having a problem where both drivers were reporting that they thought like the throttle was like stuck open as they were going into corners and they were feeling ah, pushed along. Okay. 
Which apparently can't happen in these cars, just with yeah. the way they work. But that's what it felt like. And then um, I think coming out of turn four, it just had a sudden spin where there was a burst of power, then it died. Ah, so I, okay. think there was, I think there was transmission or throttle problems. Or was that during the battle for the lead and therefore we didn't see it? Yes. Yeah, there's a lot we didn't see at the end of the race. Actually, there was a few overtakes uh, with Stroll and Tsunoda for, yep. for the points, which mm. you didn't see because there was actually a battle at the front, which yeah. never happened. In the last four years or five years or however long it's been, yeah. you would you would always see those battles. That would be the highlight. <gasps> oh my word, there's a pass for P9. <laughs> And then I was probably the last driver I've not really spoke about Schumacher. P sixteen. Finished the race. Finished Had a spin race. though. Yeah. I don't think we can really judge too much into them this Absolutely year. Absolutely not. Yeah. It's just gonna be a Williams situation where we're judging Russell against Kubica or Russell against Latifi. We're just judging oh, the two well, as, against each other. As we all know, the um Williams team gave Russell a twice as quick car than Kubica, if you believe all the forum posts. Ah. They might be from Polish fans. I <laughs> think <laughs> they're still quite keen behind Kubica. Oh, yeah, well, just on that season, um, there was a lot of rubbish on the internet, and it was he's got a huge following, and I think mm. they were very, there was a yeah. lot of hubris around that. There was a meme, though, wasn't there? Oh, what's it called? Like Big Robert or Big Kubica? I don't know if you saw that. No. You've not seen that? Oh, I was watching it the other day for some reason. It's where they basically edit. Highlights of the year, but his car's like ten times bigger than everyone else's. <laughs> That's another one to find later. Yeah, <laughs> I've forgotten all these things I've mentioned, and, uh, and I won't be able to send you the links at the end because I've forgotten them. But anyway, <laughs> yeah. So Schumacher, difficult year for them, I think. Just get through it. That's it. Um, yeah. So Hamilton leaves with a seven-point lead with Bottas two behind. Perfect start for Hamilton, considering how. So Mercedes, yeah. relative terms of wear compared to Red Bull, they've got away with one. And yeah, just can't wait to see how that plays out for the rest of the season. I I suspect if I was to predict something, we might get a few races now where Max just disappears and nails it. Yeah, so Imola is next. Um, <laughs> yeah, Imola. What's what the race called? <laughs> oh, I think I think this is yours, Tom. <clears throat> right, you ready? This is, I don't know how to pronounce this, so the next race is actually called the Formula One Pirelli Grand Premio del Made in Italy e d'Emilia Romagna 2021. Catchy that, isn't it? Very. Um, why is it just not called Emola 2021? <laughs> or the got... San Marino Grand Prix, as well, it used got... to be known. Yeah, San Marino Grand Prix would have made more sense, even though it's not in San Marino. It was a way of getting two races in Italy, right? Yeah. Uh... For Ferrari, but okay, so you've got Pirelli as the sponsor, Grand Fair enough. Primo, I guess that's Grand Prix, but then uh-huh. Dell made in Italy is <laughs> it doesn't have a ring to it. No, they've just given up on Italian halfway through. Put Fabricano Italiano in there, I think that's produced in Italy or something. That's I think that's what the car company Fiat actually stands for, it's an acronym, right? Fabricano Italiano Automobilio Turismo Torino. Something like that. I've ruined it. But makes cars in Turin. That's not the abbreviation I've thought that Fiat was called. Oh, yeah? (laughs) My mind's just breaking down a lot. That that abbreviation stood for something very, very different. (laughs) (laughs) I think we've all had a Fiat that's broken down at some point. Yeah, so that's a terrible name. Uh, E. Delimia Romana. What did that mean before last season that 
El Romana or something or other. That was was it Mizella race or Miller race that was called that. Anyway, I digress. We'll we'll ignore the fact that we don't know what that means. It's the made in Italy, which is absolutely shocking. <laughs> the Brigatoni Grand Prix. That's what I'm calling it. No. That's my name for it. That would have been better. Oh, just quick on that. Yeah. Do you think Bonotto is going to last the season now? They've actually got some speed. Yeah, I think he's I he think saved so his job. Um, he's not going to be settled out. Settled uh, out. Yeah. I love it. I, I actually feel a bit, a bit sorry for Cyril. Uh, yeah, me too. There, there was a roundup of what's all going on at Alpine slash Renault. The new new head of division, new sporting director coming in. Mm. It sounds like they've booted all on Cyril and just changing all the top brass. And I think Fresh there's start. no one clear person in the same role as him, right? No, so I think there's like one. There's a head of like factory operations. Yeah. There's a head of sporting, and then there's a head of like Alpine. Whereas so he was, he was shift. everything. Yeah. Yeah. Well. And they got two podiums last year as well. Yeah. I mean, they finished fifth, but there was positive signs. I mean, in the middle of the season when they were Spain and Monza, they were they were good. Mm. They were the third best team. So yeah, probably a bit of a shame for Cyril. Maybe they saw how the this season's car was shaping up and they were like, eh. yeah, <laughs> yeah, that looks a bit like a dog's dinner. We'll, uh, we'll bit Cyril out for this. Yeah, oops. Uh, next oh. season, well, next week though, Emma, fast track, uh, McLaren think that they'll be good at it. Uh, Do they really? They they think that their car will be strong for the fast sections. Red Bull seem to think they'll be strong and the Mercedes are playing down their chances again, but who knows if that's PR talk or if that's mm. that's really how it's going to go. What's your thoughts? I think that it's an amazing track. It's great to see Formula 1 racing. It's not really good for Formula 1 racing because it's too narrow and you could, you could never overtake there even without these high downforce cars. But yeah. last year it was a really good race because there was a... Verstappen got a puncher, there was a safety car restart. Kvyat pulled some amazing moves, so there was some interest to it. So I suspect that it might be slightly dull, mm-hmm. but it's still going to be interesting because we still f- want to see more races to fully gauge the form. Yeah, I mean, it's a track I hope stays in the calendar. Uh, as, oh yeah, as we've spoken about before, I think it'll be pretty good next year's cars if they turn out the way they're supposed yeah. to. Yeah, you could follow close, but. True. As you say, it's an old track. It's so narrow. There's, mm. I mean, Verstappen tried to move on Bottas last year, where he yeah. he didn't quite make it, and then he managed to get it through Tamriel, which, mm-hmm. but there was barely room for two cars at those points. Yeah. It's pretty mad. When you but just hearing it. those the word Tamborello, you know, it's quite evocative for good and bad reasons. There's a lot of history there, and so it's really good just to see a race there, in my opinion. Just seeing the cars go around the track. Mm. I. I don't mind that because it just so much looks so much nicer than a modern Herman Tilke stuff. Yeah. You know, I always go back to it, but you know, give me sixty boring races at Imola over one medium exciting race at Sochi any day. Ah, oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I think we've been over how crap yeah. the tries this calendar has, <laughs> and what ones we hate. Spain, I'd add in there. Yeah. Abu Dhabi, I'd add in there. Yeah. Yeah. Give me, give me a more over those. Yeah. Will it be in the new F1 game though? That's the big question. Oh, I, I think so. I mentioned the last podcast. Well, that's that's a conversation for another time, I guess. But I hope so. I hope so. They've, they've got the assets from F1 2013. Mm. Just dig that out of the cupboard. Yeah, just dig it out of the cupboard. True, because they don't laser contracts anyway. So 
No. There we go. Job someone done. Or, someone will have scanned it and they can pay them a couple of grand to get it. Yeah, that's true as well, yeah. I'm excited for that game, just for the new tracks we're going to like Port of Mar and things like that. If, if yeah. they make it I'm really game. excited. Yeah. It, although I'm I'm more excited if there's a next gen version than if, if they if they release it and say, Ah oh, right, the new tracks aren't in there, but they are coming because mm-hmm. we just, you know, we're behind the curve, they're late to calendar. I would settle for that because it mm-hmm. gives you then something to look forward to. But anyway, yeah. we'll see, we'll see, we'll see. We'll see how that goes. Anyway, first race over. Uh one I actually really enjoyed. Bahrain's not a track I love, but I actually turned no, out to same. a really good race, good midfield yep. battles, an actual fight for the win. Yep. We were Which, wrong about all of those things. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely wrong about everything. And then, I mean, a race that finishes with seven times between first and second. Happy days. More of that, please. Yeah. I don't think we're going to see it anymore. No. Uh, I'm not even sure what the race is after that, to be honest. I've forgotten the calendar. Oh, I can, I can do, I can do, I can look it up live. And I can tell, oh man, sometimes they're designing the F1 website. Oh, that's terrible. But it's Port, it is Portimao after that. It's Portimao. I did think it was. So that's a couple of good ones back to back, which is so, nice. And then it's your favourite after that. Then it goes downhill. Yeah, then it's Spain. But yeah. Then it's the worst track in the calendar. But <laughs> uh, well, good signs for a good season ahead. Yep. So thanks a lot for downloading. Thanks again for joining, Tom. No worries, thank you very much. Taking time at your very, very busy schedule. <laughs> and uh, with 22 races to go, I suppose we've got at least 22 more of these to do. Looking forward to it, though. Plus, plus touring cars is getting ever closer, which is, it is. what yes. I'm getting more and more excited about. Me too. We'll talk about that another time, I guess. Absolutely. You mentioned it there and I nearly launched into it, but I I'm going to hold it I, back. I, I dangled that car in front of you there. Yeah. Like, Come on. <laughs> Talk to me about... No, I'm not doing it. (laughs) (laughs) So yeah, we'll talk about that another time. But thanks again for joining me and thanks again for downloading. And I guess we'll see you in two weeks' time when we've um, been around the maiden Italy past the Grand Prix. (laughs) (laughs) I'll see you then. Vigatory special. Yep. (laughs) See you.